of the Jews against Hamas who have been a prick in their side for now, oh, I don't know how long. And it's uh, 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 David Muir had Benjamin Netanyahu on pressuring uh, Ben to scale back. And it reminds me of the line from Apocalypse Now from Marlon Brando, Colonel Kurtz, where he says he's recording into his, his cassette recorder, you know, they won't let him, they won't let the troops use the F word on their, of course, he says the, the full word, uh, on their airplanes, but they train them to, f- to drop fire on people. And I'm always puzzled by words like hate crime, uh, uh, hate speech. Uh, the, we, we come up with these hyphenated words, uh, ceasefire, uh, it, it, at, at its core, war is brutal. Is, is war not brutal? Don't, does not war end up with people that are dead? Do we not end the lives? Did we not just play a huge role in the lives of 500,000 Ukrainians in their battle for territorial integrity? Something that we, we don't apply here in our country. But nevertheless, we're killing our own by allowing the unfettered access of migrants coming from all... I saw somewhere where there's 15,000 people coming from Mauritania. How did they get here? I mean, I almost get the feeling that people are flying into Tijuana or their nearest airports, Ciudad Juarez or whatever, and they're just walking out over the border because they know if they walk over the border, they at least will get a place to stay, a meal card, you know, blankets. It's not like if you're trying to sneak in by flying in, you just fly into Mexico and then walk across the border. That's what it seems like to me. But but back to war. Uh, because the whole world right now is is obviously flabbergasted at the fact that so many people in, in Gaza are dying. And they keep throwing the word out, 10,000. In fact, David Muir brought it up three times with Benji last night. Aren't you going to scale back the war? No, this is war. That's the whole point of war, is to make sure that your enemy never attacks. You don't hurt your enemy just enough and then let them lick their wounds. That's the, it's, it's an ironic thing that we expect that in warfare we're playing by these rules that we make up. If, if we're so intelligent and so civilized that we can contrive of rules of warfare then why can't we just take the next step, which is not to have warfare at all? And the, the truth is that we cannot. We're not at that stage yet. Because there are bad people in the world. There are bad people who will kill you if you don't stop them. That's why people arm themselves. We have people on 
this program. We're going to have Cam, Cam Edwards on a little bit later on from the Second Amendment Foundation. It would be great. You know, it would be the idealistic utopia if people did not have to arm themselves, if nations did not have to have borders, if we could get rid of the military-industrial complex for good and say sayonara. I would love that. Everybody would love to live in such an idealistic world where we're living the tenets of the teachings of our faith, in my case, the teachings of Jesus. Maybe for you it's the teachings of the Mahatma, or maybe you're like Madonna, who worships whatever. My point is, is that we don't live in that world. We're far from living in that world because there are too many people who will do harm to you if you don't protect yourself. This is why we have territorial disputes. We don't want people coming in who have no allegiance to our country, who, who can't say the you know, Pledge of Allegiance. They don't care. They're here for one thing, to take what you have. That's all this is about. It's about taking what you have. I don't have anything, so I want to take what you have. And that's what Hamas and Iran and the mullahs want. They want what the Jews have. They want that real estate. I don't think you understand the the geographical importance of why Jerusalem has always been sort of the center. Well, pull out a map. And look where it is. It's at the crossroads of where Asia meets Europe. That's why it was such an important period. Even the Romans, they wanted peace in the area 2,000 years ago because people would travel through Tel Aviv and Jerusalem to make their way up into Turkey and then across into either Western Asia or Eastern Europe. That was the key travel route, and it still is. It hasn't changed. It's it, If you looked at a map and you compared all the great travel routes of the world for commerce, for trade, you would see that Jerusalem has, you know how they say location, location, location? Well, Israel has the location. It's central. That's why there are so many wars that have been battled there. But the average American, the average European, all they look at it is, oh, it's a horrible war and we shouldn't be... There should be children in the streets. and But that is the element of war. We pretend that it doesn't exist. It's like when we use the word hate speech. Think about how many times now they're taking away our rights because they want to make sure that nobody has anti-Semitic tendencies. We need to get rid of hate thought. End racism. That's what it says at the end of the goalpost as I'm watching my Miami game this weekend. End racism. What they're basically saying is end Hateful thoughts. End hateful war. War should have rules so that we don't hurt as many people. We reduce the bloodshed. Uh, It's a wanton desire, but it's ever out of reach. Because as long as you have evil present in the world, and this is what I think delineates the West from the East, is that we acknowledge that, that evil is for its own endeavor. It's for its own good. There are evil people who don't care about you. And we're trying to legislate morality by coming up with all these, you know, now they have the anti-Semitic and the anti-Islamophobic police. What is that? Now we're not allowed to voice our anger. I mean, for one, they're they're being very delicate about it, I, I have to admit. The media is being very delicate. They'll show you that they're trying to support 
the Jews, but by the same token, they don't like all the bloodshed. In the bloodshed. And frankly, I don't blame them. I don't like it either. But that is war. And this is on Hamas. This isn't on the Israelis. This is on the Mullahs. This, until those people revolt, again, I'll use the analogy because I think it's a good one. Until, until uh, if we had a centralized, radical government in control, and they were terrorizing the neighbors, Canada, Mexico, wherever. Let's say they decided to take over uh, the Bahamas. They just decided, you know what, that's some prime real estate, and we want it. And we just took it over. How do you think the world would react? You think they would react badly? Somebody also brought up the point of who was counting the dead Germans during World War II. Were we concerned at all about the German citizens, or were we just trying to destroy the ability for the Nazis to rule? Uh, correct, if you picked answer number two. And, and it's, it's, it's uh, hypocritical for us to agree with the premise of war, but we disagree with the method of battle. And it doesn't do us any good to appease Hamas by sending billions of dollars of aid which we know will be used against us, and then clean our, uh, wash our hands of the whole mess because we're compassionate. All these people that are compassionate. And it's, it's great, but you know what? Hamas, get rid of them. Whatever it takes. It's a cancer, and it will continue to grow. And this may very well end up being at the doorstep of Iran. Are you as an American prepared to go to war and defeat the enemy. Another great lesson from the uh, great movie from Francis Ford Coppola, Apocalypse Now, which is if you're going to kill the enemy, kill them good. Kill them really good so they don't come back. It's like you don't, like when you're trying to exterminate bugs from your house, you don't kind of kill them. You don't discriminately, oh, well, we don't want to kill them all because that would be fair. We might, you know, destroy them. And that's kind of our attitude toward, well, we don't want to hurt Hamas too much. You know, God forbid, because that would mean that we're savages just like them. Aha. And that's the lesson of war. Because if you want to end war, you have to defeat the enemy. And right now we have our military and we have our commander-in-chief who doesn't want to, he doesn't see the threat of Iran. If he did, he wouldn't have given them $6 billion. I don't care if it was their money. These are murderers. The Iranians, the government, it's just like the CCP. They're not good people. They will do whatever it takes to win and stay in power. And they've got this, this mission where they don't care if the entire, to them, it's the new beginning. Right? It's like these end of times. You know, the, the original uh, show title that I was going with for a long time, was uh, end of end of times because everybody's talking about the end of times, so that's where we're at, and I, I'm just here to tell you that war is not pretty, it never has been, and it never will be. So let's not pretend that it should be. I'm Jim Watkins. You're listening to Speaking Out America. Be right back.
heads over the weekend. They indicate this, that if the election were today, Trump would easily beat Joe Biden with more than 300 electoral votes. Coming from the judge who has already predetermined that my client committed fraud before we even walked into this courtroom. I'm not here to hear what he has to say. Then why exactly am I being paid as an attorney and why exactly are taxpayer dollars being used in this courtroom? That's a good question, isn't it? That's the attorney for Donald Trump. What a sham. I mean, is there anybody? Let me turn this off. We're back. Uh, thank you uh, so much for joining us here on Speaking Out America. Cam Edwards is going to be joining us from the Second Amendment Foundation. Uh, and I want to talk about a particular story about a man who, uh, well, before we get to the story about the Jewish man who got killed in L.A., struck by a megaphone by a pro-Palestinian protester in California, before we get to that, I, I do want to spend about a minute on the Trump trial. I think that the judge has should recuse himself. He is supposed to be blind. He is not supposed... He has already reserved judgment on the fact that he thinks that Trump is guilty of something that every real estate agent does in America and probably around the world. Uh, anytime you walk into a store, anytime you walk into a mechanic's office, anytime you walk into a dentist's office, you are going to get upsold. That is the way that Americans, and that's the way people do business. We always try to eke out more of a profit than we probably deserve. But we do it because everybody else does it. So where this judge thinks that Trump did something that requires all of this revenue, uh, energy, time, uh, when the man just simply wants to run for president, is an embarrassment. I think he should be disbarred. I mean, he clearly doesn't like Trump. And when you don't like Trump and you're a judge sitting in on judgment and you have preconceived notions, how is that justice? It's so blatantly obvious. The only reason the left doesn't care is because they don't like Trump either. So they're willing to sacrifice an integrity justice system to take out a political enemy just because they don't like the guy. That is so un-American. Well, I mean, I was raised to believe that a minority one is important. And in a, a democracy is not what we have. We have a republic. We have a representative government. This is not majority rules here. If that was the case, slavery would probably still be in existence. So this man should recuse himself. He should get out of there. Letitia is, is obviously biased. I mean, the whole system is wrong. It's like the movie uh, Injustice for All. The whole thing is broken. And if this continues, it only uh, exacerbates the issue even more. But wait, the pendulum swings both ways. And the reckoning will come. You just know it. It always does. All right, so out west, a 69-year-old man demonstrating in support of Israel died after sustaining a head injury during a fight with a pro-Palestinian protester during a rally in Thousand Oaks. And I've been to Thousand Oaks a lot of times. Very peaceful, nice little area. Like, uh, depending on which way you're headed, you're either leaving L.A. or you're coming into it, and you go up the Conejo grade, and bam, you're in Thousand Oaks. Beautiful area. Nice by the Malibu Hills. Uh, you know, they used to film a lot of westerns back in that area, Northridge. In fact, it's not far from here, the CRN Talk Studios. Anyway, so, you know, this guy gets pommeled. Uh, the Ventura County Medical Examiner ruled that Paul Kessler died in a homicide. County sheriffs have not ruled out a hate crime. 
You know, when two people get into a squabble about politics, how is, is it a, first of all, we shouldn't even be using the word hate crime. All crimes are hate. All crimes are, are, are based on hate. Hatred of the individual, hateful, hate, hate, hate disregard of the, of the system, of law and order. I mean, what kind of crime is not based on some level of anger or hate? You know, what is the definition of hate? To be angry at something. You're angry, so you commit a crime. So by, by, te- by definition, all crimes are hateful. It's like all violence is hateful. Wars are hateful. Everything is hateful. So, so what's the distinguishing, oh, because race was involved, because of a person's feelings about the matter. So now we, we take in their feelings. If you, if you hit somebody and it's an accident and you hit them with a bat and they die, it's an accident. But if you hate them because of their skin color or because of their religion, then suddenly it's a worse offense. But how is it worse? Is intent the importance? Because as far as I knew, the intent was never really, like if you're speeding and you get caught speeding and you tell the guy, well, I had to go pee, I had to get home to the bathroom, is he supposed to let you off because your intent was good or it's for another reason? No, he's supposed to cite you for breaking the law. Officials say Mr. Kessler was attending the rally Sunday afternoon when he became involved in an altercation with a counter-protester who was demonstrating near a pro-Palestinian event. The incident happened at the intersection of Westlake Boulevard and Thousand Oaks in Ventura County. Deputies arrived to find Mr. Kessler suffering from a head injury. Witness told people he fell backwards during the fight and struck his head on the ground. He was taken to an area hospital for treatment, but succumbed to his injuries Monday. Now, the Ventura County Medical Examiner's Office determined that the blunt force from the head injury was the reason that he died. Now, I've sat on a couple of grand juries. I sat on one where a man was involved in a home robbery, and during the robbery, he became entangled with the, 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 the man that lived there, the homeowner. And the homeowner was an elderly man, and he came after him trying to, you know, take him down or get him out of the house, and he slipped and he fell, the old man. They ended up taking him to the hospital. He broke his hip, and he died of sepsis subsequently. Now, the homeowner was charged with murder. Even though it was unintentional, if not for the fact that he was there and committed the robbery which led to the incident that caused the death. Oh yeah, he's facing murder charges. And everybody in that in that in in the grand jury said, "Sounds like murder to me." He may have not intended it, just like a man who gets into a car and drinks too much and kills somebody. He wasn't intending on killing anybody, but it still resulted in the end of someone's life, and someone has to be held account. Now, it's tragic. I won't go so far as to call it because it's a hate crime. It was just a crime of passion. Both men were passionate about their belief. I'm not going to blame this on the congresswoman from Michigan, Tlaib. I'm not going to blame this. You know, people should be held accountable for their own actions. They don't need to blame someone else. Everybody blames Trump because a lot of people were upset about January 6th. It wasn't Trump's fault that everybody showed up. They were pissed off at the government. Why can't we just accept that? So there we are. So it's a tragedy, but these are parts uh, of the picture that we don't like to see. But as far as calling it a hate crime, 
I mean, really, it, it was a crime of passion. If you want, really want to get down to it, it was a crime of passion. Cam Edwards is going to join us in just a minute. Stay tuned. This is Speaking Out America. I am JR, Jim Watkins. Don't forget our podcast. Yeah, you know about the podcast, Speaking Out with Jim Watkins. Available everywhere. This segment of the program is brought to you by GetTheTea.com. GetTheTea.com. Be right back. 